Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Gravitas podcast studio in global headquarters, Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Uh, I think I get more excited every time we do an episode. So I'm hoping that translates into uh, a lot of uh, anxious listeners as in can't wait to hear who our guest is and the business vitamins that they're going to hear. And as everyone knows, it's our only requirement is that our guest uh, brings to the table business vitamins, some form of actionable business insight that listeners and ourselves can put into practice today. So we don't want to wait a month to figure this out. We should be excited today. Yes. Today, uh, no exception, uh, one of our biggest fans, and I am extraordinarily excited, back and better than ever, and each <laughs> show is just incredible. So Yes. Really So excited. we're excited to have Lauren Turnbull, with us, who is Managing Director of Market Development at Hershey Entertainment and Resorts. And I feel like I want chocolate the minute I say that out loud, Lauren. Of course. Welcome, welcome. So excited to be here. And our new uh, hashtag, because it's our show and we can do this, is badassery. And we, we mean that in the nicest, kindest, badass, relevant way possible. And uh, so I hadn't met you before just the other week at our Salvation Army shoe store. We were on premise at the Hershey Lodge. Yep. But your reputation precedes you, and you are all about doing badass, amazing work. So give us a little bit of a backstory. What's going on at Hershey Entertainment Resorts? Oh, so much. So <laughs> much, right? It is an amazing time to be part of an amazing organization. Oh, um, so we just finished our biggest expansion ever at Hershey Park, um, which was the addition of Chocolate Town. And it was um, it is amazing, but it was also extra fascinating because all of the plans for the grand opening were to be oh. a Memorial Day of 2020. And um, I believe most people are aware 2020 <laughs> was not exactly the year that anyone planned. But uh, from that, I think we all learned and became even more impactful as an organization than we thought we would be otherwise. And um, now we can look back and everything that we wanted to open opened, um, you know, and it is it is an unbelievable um, expansion to experience. It it just it feels like we are we are at a different level, and it's great because what we want to do is we want to bring all sorts of people to Hershey to experience all that Hershey has to offer, um, and to be able to give them that opportunity for experiences, and that's even more impactful today than it was totally. pre-COVID, right? See what she did there. She took this enormous lift, just you know, the most incredibly challenging, difficult. Years in the planning, yeah. blows up literally over a couple nights and just like bada boom, bada bing. So, so I'll just, I'll go back a second, um, a hot minute maybe to, to Penn State University where you major in, wait for it, philosophy. <laughs> what in the world happens when you major in philosophy, so like 65, 70 majors. Yeah. What do you think 
you're going to do with a philosophy degree. Well, I every can tell parent you, is listening to what you're going well, to say. Well, I can tell you my mom was not impressed or excited about the potential of that uh, major. I went to Penn State um, declaring pre-law. And by Ooh. the time I got there, uh, they dropped that major. Um, so I fished around a handful of other places. And philosophy is what I found passion of. Small classes, lots of argument, lots of learning, lots of thinking differently. Um, I've minored in business, but that. it wasn't as engaging for me. Um, I had intended to go to law school, but then my loan were piling up and um, I got a great job offer from Pepsi um, in you know the last couple weeks of my senior year and I decided why not it was more money than I ever thought that I could see I mean I believed at that time in my life if I could just make it to make forty thousand dollars a year I would be set for life um, so uh, so that's where philosophy led me to Pepsi and Pepsi wow. led me to Hershey Entertainment Resorts wow. and Pepsi said a philosophy major doing this is where we're going to roll the dice. For sure. I mean, that's the the fun part is, is I, I did start in the management trainee program. It's a great, it's a great thing to do, which essentially means, hey, we're going to try you out. You're going to try us out. And it was all about being able to demonstrate your ability uh, to do things, right? The, the goal being, can you become a future leader in the organization? Um, when I started uh, with Pepsi in 2004, um, they were looking at um, their succession planning, right? And they had a lot of senior leaders that would be retiring and they didn't feel like they had enough bench strength, right? So they really had restarted this management trainee program to bring folks in, have them learn really from the ground up. And it was from the ground up, right? I was getting dirty. I was on trucks. I was merchandising stores, right? You learn all of those pieces. Um, and if you learn those pieces well, and you listen to folks and you engage, then you have the opportunity to develop and do all sorts of amazing things. I had unbelievable opportunities um, to learn from amazing people, live awesome places and do spectacular things. So Anne, you might beat me to this. How many other women in that, how many other women were in that program? When I started, there was one other female that was in the role before me in my marketplace, yeah. right? Which is all I had the context for. Um, and they didn't like her. Like it was, I came in and it was like, ugh. Another campus hire, another female campus <laughs> hire. But the good news is I love a good challenge. I mean, please let me prove you wrong on your uh, gut reaction to me because I will. I love that. And I think I learned that in the the uh, 15 minutes of our pre-show. We had a podcast before the podcast, <laughs> which is often the case. So Lauren already has to come back and share insight. But uh, for the, the women at the table, so kudos for saying yes, because a lot of us want to stay on our trajectory of wherever wherever you thought philosophy was going to take you, whether you would be a professor or pursue law at a different point. But uh, that's kind of exciting. First of all, that Pepsi uh, saw that opportunity of, of really molding you the way they wanted their leadership to be or to start from the ground level up, which I think is incredibly important in an organization to learn all those facets instead of coming in, you know, in middle management and not really understanding the internal workings of the organization. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I'd say the other piece is, is that they didn't just take a flyer on philosophy. I would suggest my work experience. I worked all through college. Good. Um, I worked um, in the dining commons with the unions, which was 
a big piece that hit with Pepsi because to have right. someone coming in that had experience working with union employees, right. um, I'd worked all through high school, I'd worked in grocery stores. So I would say it was, they probably overlooked the philosophy yeah. because I minored in business and I had such Good. strong work experience. Um, but it is, it just goes to show it is the combination of things. Um, and if you can find a place, and that is absolutely the reason why I decided to work for Pepsi is I interviewed with a handful of folks that had worked for Pepsi for over 20 years and their passion and engagement, that's what I wanted, right? I worked Good. at grocery stores when I was a kid. It was like the clock, it just wouldn't move, right? Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just knew that I didn't want time to move backwards. Um, and the passion that they had for what they were doing after 20 years, um, I felt like if I, I should give that a shot, I should see if I that's can find great. that. You know, that's interesting because I've worked full time since I was 15 and I first worked in a sewing factory and then worked of all places at YNS Licorice, making Twizzlers and nibs and couldn't even look at licorice for like five years. <laughs> third I shift. About nibs. Sure. Yeah. Third shift. And I, I, um, oiled boards that went through the machines that the licorice laid on and then Oh my Lord. I thought in anything I do in the capacity of life, I will never, ever, ever be in a factory job. Not because there's anything wrong with it. Well compensated people there for a long time. Like it's just was not the color of my parachute and having that experience, you know, for really five summers, was not going to be anything I duplicated. But but what was very interesting to me in the beginning about philosophy, you named like five or six things to me that are mission critical to a team, mm -hmm. which you have now, and you walked into a brand new team. So 15 years, I mean, it's a two-part curiosity. And I, I'm thinking what in the world after that at Pepsi leads you to this entire massive change and having to essentially for all intents and purposes start over in a culture that's Hershey entertainment resorts. This is not a startup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, great questions, multi-part answers. So I will try to stay on track to a degree. Um, so one part I did get spoiled at Pepsi, right? I moved nine times in my 15 years there. Um, I was able to work in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Nevada, Arizona, Utah, and California. Oh, my word. So um, I had the experience of leading new teams often, right? I did it. I would go to a whole new place with whole new all new people, but it was almost like um, having a security blanket because ideally I had a network that I'd built, right? So if I wasn't quite sure where I was, who to connect with, I could call someone back from before and try to find out to be able to connect things. Um, it was great learning for me because it just really helped me understand how important it is to always keep connections alive. And that, um, totally. if you are authentic, um, people will always be willing to help you. Um, so I was able to learn that. The other piece is, is that, I learned probably halfway through my career in Pepsi um, to not worry so much about the title specifically, but to focus on what I love to do. Like, like I was talking about what I didn't like to do, right? Working a cashier at a grocery store. Um, what I love to do and what was important to me on deciding whether I said yes uh, or no to a role at Pepsi was that I needed to be able to have the opportunity to solve problems differently. It definitely comes from my philosophy. I happened into Good. it, but I love exactly. being able to see a problem and just solve it differently um, and then be able to teach other people how, how to do that, right? Like that's what inspires me. That's what drives me. So if I have the opportunity to do that, it didn't matter whether I was running an operation, whether, whether I was running a sales team, 
if I had the opportunity to do those things, I felt like I was not only contributing to the organization, but was fulfilling myself. Um, but then I'd done that for 15 years, right? And um, the innovation wasn't the same anymore because my only thing to draw from was what I had done at Pepsi, right? So even when I was trying to solve problems differently, I found myself going back to sort of the, the well that I'd built. Right. Um, so at, at that time, it was an opportunity to say, how do I, how do I challenge myself differently? Um, and where can I bring something totally different and learn something totally different? Um, and had the luxury of an opportunity at Hershey Entertainment and Resorts, which also brings... Um, the core purpose that I love being so good. Like I love it. I love winning. I love being good. I'm super See, passionate G about you're it. You're already a G and G number one fan. I, I am indeed. Um, but being able to do that um, at Hershey Entertainment Resorts, where our core purpose is to provide value for the Milton Hershey School, um, just is different. It's just different. And there's those two pieces, right? So one, it's the core purpose of providing value to those kids, and then the other piece is I used to sell products, right? Which amazing products. But now I give people places and things to do where they get to experience and have memories with their families yeah. that they'll have forever. There's people that might be saving up for 10 years to be able to bring their family on a Hershey Park vacation or to be able to go to a show at the stadium or to be able to go to a Bears game, right? And it's those pieces that I definitely don't take lightly. And it's, it's so fun. So fun. Well, obviously you're high on critical thinking skills. So when you um, look for the challenges in your in your business career of solving problems differently. You were the perfect person to land at Hershey Entertainment Resorts. You're going on three years there. I think you said in January. Uh, the perfect person for a COVID uh, just asteroid that hits us, and you are you know figuring out how to pivot and how to still provide this experience in a world now that's more important than ever that families and communities want a opportunity to meet in person or to enjoy something, uh, create a new memory where as before they might've maybe taken some of that for granted. Or I know we did locally, Absolutely. you're right in our backyard and I took it for granted till, till we couldn't go anywhere or, or spend time with loved ones. Absolutely. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, I think the piece for, for me, and I think that a lot of people are seeing the same thing. You don't, you didn't realize those feelings that you get from those experiences, right? Absolutely. Until they were taken away, for lack of a better term, right? Like, um, I had a chance to be at some of the concerts this summer, and I didn't realize how much I love live music. Like, just the feeling, right, of the 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 guitar feeling, right, and the sound and the crowds, and you know what I mean. It's just it. You just didn't know what you were missing. I didn't well, know what I was missing. Well, and Hershey gets you know world renowned artists in as the mother of a. Uh, newcomer artist we also don't realize when when we say no concerts we don't realize how many people's livelihood that affects it isn't just the fans so say how, how many fans can come to a hershey concert is there twenty thousand? is there over that yep the, the stadium yeah so then we talk about the artist and his on his or her entourage, but we talk about your sound crew yep. and photographers and videographers and social media content creators. I mean, there are well over a hundred thousand people's Absolutely. lives who are probably in some way connected to saying yes or no to artists performing live. Hundred percent. And I don't think, as you said, that we all realize the importance of the connection of community and to have. Uh, you know, an organization like Hershey in our backyard is phenomenal. 
um, now at Hershey, Lauren, can you give us a couple um, insights into uh, female in business? How, how have you found the opportunities there as you have ascended in leadership? Um, I think the opportunities at Hershey specifically, the, the good news from my lens is it, it definitely feels like it was a path that was ready, right? Like it, great, I didn't great. feel in any way that it was an organization that had not already experienced female leadership, um, often, right? right. So our CMO is female, our GM of the parks, a female, um, our VP of treasury is a female, our general counsel is a female. I mean, there's just a lot of female leaders in the organization that have been there long before me. So I think that part has been, um, just different, right? It was just different. And a lot of, um, and Pepsi's made a, a lot of strides, but in my earlier days, it was, it was a lot different. And, um, you know, there's some upside to that. Um, but, uh, it's been fun to not have to think about that part of it here, or at least Good. I haven't had to think about that part of it, um, at Hershey entertainment. Um, and that's been, it's been enjoyable. It's been enjoyable because there's plenty of other things to focus on. Don't get me wrong. There are no, that's a great. There are comment. plenty of challenges. I think though that I want to I want to go back for a second. I don't often because I'm not walking that way, but you are all the way to bright. You're exceptionally well spoken, <laughs> uh, but passionate. Pa passionate. You know, I'm. You know, we're both always riveted. So you make this enormous leap from comfort, from one of the biggest brands in the world to a very established definitive culture. And so you have extraordinary leadership thoughts, actions. You made that leap, that risk, huge risk, no matter how it looked right. That was the plan. What happened when you got there to sell a very dominant personality, a very significant set of experiences where it being that at Pepsi is not for the faint of heart or you would not have lasted 15 years. So what happened between this is a great plan and whoop, got here and whoops, didn't think about that had to be difficult in ways you did not anticipate. Um, uh, absolutely difficult in ways I didn't anticipate. I would say though, for me, um, I thrive on learning, right? Like, and so there was such an amount of information for me to take in um, that provides a positive impact on, on my work style that that help offset any of the other pieces, although I'll get to the other pieces, right? Because at Pepsi, it was it was amazing, right? The last job I left was amazing. I, I was able to do some really cool things. I had an amazing team. I was able to rebuild an amazing team. Um, but I was doing things that I'd done in some other format multiple times before. Yeah, and you didn't, I didn't, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second, and I'm working on that, but you didn't, you didn't run from something. You yep. ran to something, right. yes. which right. I think is yes. a cardinal determinant for when people should make a move. Yes. Well, and, and precisely, and again, the part of running to it, right, is, is being able to see, are my skill sets transferable, right? Like are, is- You risked it all. Right. Is, is, can my style, right? And at a time that was so important for the organization, right? So, um, me coming in my third or fourth day, they broke ground on Chocolate Town. Like I was wow. out there wow. watching, you know, them with their shovels, right. Breaking ground on chocolate town. Um, and obviously that had been multiple years in advance. Um, and how do we even understand as an organization, how we deliver on that investment? Because again, the, 
the delivering is more important, right? We want to deliver because we want to be a successful, profitable company. But the reason why we want to grow more than anything else is because then we can provide more benefit to the Milton Hershey School, right? So that piece is incredibly impactful. So the part that I joke with so many people on right now is I just wish I'd paid closer attention in 2019 because I didn't realize that was going to be my only year of context (laughs) um, for what the operation was, Right. right? Um, but that's okay. Good, bad, and indifferent. I was able to learn a ton. And that's what I did that year. I would say that some of the challenges were the way I learn is ask a lot of questions. Um, a lot of people weren't used to that. Right. So there were folks that were probably like thinking that I was asking questions because I was implying maybe what was being done. Was exactly. Wrong. It can be interpreted when right. someone doesn't know you and you're yep. coming in at such a yes. high level for a lot of people that are there for a really long time. I'm a handful. Yes. And that disruption, right. It just to the culture, it's like, whoa, right. You know, trust is earned, rapport is earned, chemistry is earned. That's what I'm fascinated by because that's what you did. There's no plan B for you. This is going to work. And there had to be unforeseen things where you're going, oh, no, right? This is really tough. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'd say that I, um, it was just so much more, I think, than I thought. There were so many different pieces than I even thought. Um, But again, for me, I am absolutely better doing 437 things at once. Maybe not all at the same time, (laughs) but learning different things makes me better in each of those different areas. So it was just... It was leading a team unlike a team that I'd led in the past 15 years, which was, was great. I was invigorating. Did you find that so challenging? So invigorating. And, and, yeah. but, and the team that I have is so experienced and, and also wants to learn and win Good. and determine things differently. Um, so again, there's just a lot of, I, I do believe that there's a portion of it that was luck, but there's a portion of it as there's definitely a lot of work that was done before I came to Hershey right. Entertainment Resorts to position from the brands have been and will for always be, assuming we do our jobs, um, amazing, right? The question just is, is how can we be more without negatively impacting the brands or what the experiences we offer? And Chocolate Town is our example of, yes, we absolutely can grow. We can drive more and still deliver on the high level of expectations that we have for ourselves, but we're still learning, right? This is that we've never, we've never expanded like this before. We've never also, we've never gone through a pandemic and that was incredibly impactful, right? It's one of those things that I joked when I came to, to H&R, I was like, I've never been at a business that's so well diversified because we are right. We have country club, we have restaurants, we have hotel, right, right. we have camping resort, right? We have amusement park, giant, like yeah. we have all of these different, which is great. It is so diversified for everything except for a global pandemic. That was the only thing that, I mean. <laughs> Shut everything down. With, for hospi- people. Right? I mean, you know, yeah. we had to go at Hool Hands. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, but, you know, those, I, I would definitely say that was unforeseen. But again, I just, and I do think it's because I had the opportunity previously to jump totally new different places. It was at Pepsi, but it was totally new different places that it just, it felt, it felt right. It just felt right, felt good. And, um, but I still have so much to learn. And I am a handful. I mean, you can ask plenty of people that it's, it's the not, feedback though, that they will provide. I, I tell my team, if we think it's a destination, we're going to get run over and pushed off to the side disabled, right? It's a consistent journey. And my we this, this um, uh, um, sort of amplifies a, a point in, in previous episodes, but with Anna and I all the time. Anna and I don't agree on everything. There's a shocker, right? <laughs> but, but, but our intent is the same. Yeah. 
Our philosophy is the same. Our common ground. But that's how we learn. That's I, how we I learn. I don't want to have a podcast with myself. I, I need you to, you know, be, um, you know, challenge me and, and teaches me to think different ways. Just like Lauren was saying, the critical thinking skills is so important in business. I need to surround myself with people not only smarter than myself, but that come at a situation or bring a solution that's entirely different than I what I would have done. They, you they do question that, the status quo on on every level. Yep. And because look, whether we acknowledge it or not, people bring themselves to work. And now the dynamic of how that has literally changed overnight. And to me, it doesn't it's never going to be a substitute for this. If we were doing this on a video call, it would not have the enormity of the chemistry that exists between the three of us in X amount of minutes, you know, in the time we had prior to this. My point to that is, you know, I'm obsessed with why. When people understand why and then have common goals and objectives, to your point, Ian, we, we, we would bore ourselves to tears if we agreed on everything, if, if we were echo chambers for each other. And so I think, talk about a handful, the three of us, right? We don't have as many hands as we would need, but we do have a way to sort of put forth our thoughts and our opinions and not get ostracized or rejected for them. And I think overall, we all need to be more open to that. Sure. And not necessarily just reject it out of hand. I think that's a great point, right? And again, I think it goes back to um, I have the luxury of being confident that the people that hired me know who I am and know what I'm bringing. Um, and with that confidence, I also have to bring humility, which is not always there. Um, but if I can balance those two, I feel like I'm doing what I need to do for my team. I tell any team that's I've ever worked with, um, I don't do anything anymore. I used to do things, right? Like I used to merchandise stores. Yeah. I used to do things. I don't do anything. I remove obstacles so my team can be successful. Problem solver. That's great. That's great. But the hard part with that is people have to feel comfortable to bring you obstacles. Um, people have to be comfortable when your answer is, I appreciate that that is a problem for you right now. There is nothing that we can change about it today. Um, but it's it's going through those pieces and making sure that the open dialogue, I mean, communication is another piece that obviously has always been important, but that's another thing that, and you mentioned when it's in person versus over Zoom or, or these other pieces, I think um, settling on an email or a text versus an in-person or a phone call is one of those things that I think has come out of the pandemic and it it's hard, right? You, you should always, you should always ask the question. You should always make the phone call. Like if you have a concern or a need, you need to feel comfortable to do right. it, but it feel like that's another piece that's, that's taken a little bit of a backseat in my opinion on the pandemic. And if we can just make sure that we can continue to communicate, then we can, we can get in front of challenges before they even come up. And, and the risk and the trust for someone to, to, to just raise their hand, especially if it is counter to what the leader is saying. And my entirety is, here's my point of view. I back as far up as possible. I'm throwing that into the middle of the table. Do with it what you will. Uh, if that's what you want, that's what I have to contribute. And I think it's it's significant. But if, if you don't take it, if, if we don't go in that direction, um, there's not a single scintilla of that diminishing me. 
right? That's what I think. That's my value. And look, if you don't accept it, that's perfectly fine. There's no rejection right. in that. Yep. Right. That's why sales people are like, oh, you know, I hate to prospect. You know, there's some, like, they don't even know who you are. I've never, ever, ever for a second felt that way. They're lost, right? I get to move now, on. You've said that in other <clears throat> podcasts. I love that uh, lens of thinking of it that way. And really you do too. But again, you just don't frame it the same yeah. way. You know, and so we're aligned on that. And then we're also aligned on the people we do interact with, especially at this point in our, that, that they have a certain amount of the way they treat mm-hmm. us, the way mm-hmm. they treat each other, the way they treat our teams. Right. You know? And so I think then too, you become the lion at the gate. Like this is how this has to go. Right. Because this is the way our team is run. And then there's more of teams rising up. A hundred percent. And that, that is, that's a part that is, I'm probably a little slower on the uptake on sometimes is just making sure that I understand what my teams need mm-hmm. differently, right? Mm-hmm. Cause different people need different things 100%. and sometimes they don't know. And sometimes they feel like they need what their peer needs or they need yeah. what someone that they want their job needs. You know what I mean? So it's really trying to make sure that again, they're removing obstacles, right? The, I, I need to make sure that everyone I work with can be as successful as possible because that's the only way that we will be successful. Um, the hard part is, is it's not one solution for all. The good news right. is that's what I love. I love a whole <laughs> bunch of different, a whole bunch of different answers to the same question. I loved one uh, insight you shared earlier, Lauren, about um, that you feel at Hershey that uh, obstacle of women ascending the ranks or aspiring to positions, even more positions of leadership, that is, isn't even in your purview. So it kind of, um, for many women, it still is. Like they're either uh, ramming up against an obstacle or they feel um, the table isn't open to them yet at whatever level. Could be middle management, could be executive uh, suite. But what an astounding observation from you that you're – you're able then to release 110% to your job and not have part of the back of your mind thinking, oh, you know, I really need to reframe this because I feel like a door is shut here, a door is shut there. And that's that says something about Hershey Entertainment Resorts and obviously says something about you that, that uh, you know, your personal brand there has just removed all those obstacles. It's The organization has been incredibly welcoming to great, me, right? Like great. It's been one of those things where I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely think my styles fit to a degree. Like I, I do like to work really hard and I like to learn and I like to, you know, support, right? So I think that that fits well with the culture of the organization. But also I think um, the organization does a good job trying to make sure that they bring on people that will fit the culture because it is not, and, and fit the culture that's evolving, right? It's got this right. foundational- right piece built by Milton Hershey, which is all of our responsibility to maintain. Um, but also the world is not exactly the way that it was Mm -hmm. in, you know, 1906. Um, so we have the challenge and the gift to make sure that we, you know, keep to the core values, but make sure that we evolve ourselves to be an organization, um, that reflects the people that we serve, right. Um, the school and obviously our guests. Well, they're lucky to have you because you, uh, clearly, are an embodiment of the mission, the iconic story behind Milton Hershey. Um, and you're able to translate that in 2021 and going forward and protecting the brand, but clearly consumers determine what the brand is. It's in their experience and, and you've 
really tapped into, it has resonated with people that go to the park, go to the concert, uh, every part of Hershey Park. And and I think I, I don't know if this is a rabbit hole, but I'm going to just talk about it anyway. Um, <laughs> would you be okay staying for a second episode, Lauren? Sure. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and have a high gear day.